church. Can we read from the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 through 7 from the ESV? And let's read it with confidence, okay? Like it has happened. Amen? Shall we go? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I believe God has something for us today, y'all. I'm in a crazy season of life. And because of everything that is happening, I need a to-do list, okay? I always need a to-do list. And then I need alarms around my to-do list. I don't know if anyone is like that in here. And then I need notifications to those alarms. And if that is not enough, I need my wife to call me to remind me about my notifications. But for real... <laughs> Do you ever feel like you will forget stuff if you don't write it down? Are you that the yeses are resounding? And even when you do, the possibility of missing something is still very high. Let me give you an example. Okay? Have you ever been sent or taken yourself to sh for shopping? You've been sent or you've taken yourself for shopping. <laughs> and you have a list. So, you read the shopping list you are given by your wife, and being a thorough husband, <laughs> you follow through and memorize everything so that you don't, you don't forget, right? And at the end of shopping, you glance again at the list and confirm, ah, you're good to go. You're, you're fine. See, I memorized. Yeah, see, I looked through. But on your drive back home, you're hit with that feeling. You guys know that feeling, right? That feeling that something is missing. You know that one, right? But you keep driving because you think you're fine, right? Then when you park, I don't know why it only happens when you park. Why did it happen at the shopping mall or at the supermarket? Why it has to happen when you park? That feeling is confirmed. You forgot the most important item on the list. What is it, ladies? What is it? Sugar? Milk? Unga? After all that, you remembered soap, but you forgot unga. Anyway. Or let's say you have this recipe that you have made for years. You know it by heart. And you can make it with your eyes closed. My recipe is pancakes. Wakenya, it's not crepes. Pancakes. Yes. One day I'm making pancakes and putting all the ingredients together. And again, I have this nagging feeling that I am missing something. Like there's something I'm missing. But, I, but I've made it so many times, so I overlook and I carry on, right? I'm like, ah, it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> Only to realize that I have, after I finished making the batter or the bara or the mixture, 
whichever you want to call it, that I am missing the butter, like the butter, okay? And the butter is the best part. So whichever butter works for you in that sentence, let it work, okay? <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> there is one word I have always felt like I'm missing something with. Like every time I read it, I always wonder, is it what everyone else is saying it is? What does it truly mean? That word is the word hope. Okay? It's the word hope. So let me ask you guys, is hope an emotion? Is hope an idea? Is hope a feeling? Is it a habit? Is it an attitude? Is it a certainty or is it a possibility? Are you okay with hope being a byword? Like, man, I hope for the best. When someone tells you they hope for the best, do you leave there confident? When someone says, hope it works out, that's, that's a guarantee things will not work out. Or hoping for a great day. Or you know what? Hope you got a satisfactory answer for the definition of hope. As I said earlier, I am a quad dad, right? A dad of four. <laughs> and now, I need to know this answer. Because hope is attached to an expectation for the future. Okay? When I think of my kids' future, my biggest concern is, will they make it in their faith? Will they really make it in their faith? You know, my wife and I have the greatest privilege together with our team, the activators, of leading our high schoolers' uh, ministry called Club E12. And we love it. I mean, like, y'all, this is life. And as much as it is fulfilling, it keeps us acutely aware that the Christian walk is not getting any easier. So as we help these wonderful clubbers, I keep thinking about my own children and the years to come, wondering, Lord, will my children make it? And can I be honest? Hope for the best doesn't cut it. Hope it works out? Uh-uh. I need more. And I bet you anything, there are many in this room today who need more. To those of you who are staring at a failing marriage and wondering if there's anything worth looking forward to. To those who are seeing someone close to them losing their life to a terminal disease. To those who are worried and fearful because they are faced with a jobless market and wondering, is it worth going on with school? To those who are seeing their businesses dwindling and there is no prospect of new opportunities, is there hope? To those who have fought habits in their life that, can't seem they, that seem they can't overcome and wondering, what does the future hold for them? To those who have written themselves off because they don't see any worth to their life or in their lives, there is hope for you. Not a worldly hope, but there is a biblical hope. <laughs> and that is quite a different story. So church, let's talk about discovering hope. His name is Jesus.
<laughs> Yo, we've already, we've already had it from Miss Rebecca and George today. There is hope. Listen to these scriptures. Psalm 39 verse 7 says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Or listen to this in Romans chapter 5 verse 5. The hope, this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen? When scripture uses hope, it uses hope not as a wish but as a guarantee. Romans says this hope will not disappoint us. Hope here is not perhaps. If all conditions are met, actually that word hope, let me just backtrack it over. That word has so been misunderstood that if someone comes to you and tells you, man, I really hope I make it to heaven. You know what our response would be? You don't have any faith. You can't have, what do you mean hope? What do you mean I have hope? You almost feel like what they're telling you is that they are not sure of the possibility of the certainty of going to heaven. So, again, I ask, what are we missing? So let's dig deeper. Let's discover what hope really is, okay? In the Old Testament, Psalm 39, verse 7, the word used for hope is yahal. Okay? And yahal means to wait. It means to tarry. It means to wait for. So when Psalms is saying, it's saying, in the Lord I kavar. That's another word. The word is kavar, which means to wait or eagerly wait for or to lie in wait for. So this is what the scripture says in Psalm 39 verse 7. It says, Now, O Lord, what do I cover? My yahal is in you. Okay? So the question I have is what are they waiting for? If you read and if you go back through Hebrew scriptures, actually, that's the wrong question. The question is, who are they waiting for? In the Old Testament, the word hope is used to mean waiting for a person and not for a certain time, unexpected, or a certain time or an expected event or a certain circumstance. And Isaiah points to him, for he says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It says of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now get this. This is Isaiah. Isaiah knows from the Torah that the promise of a savior was given by a faithful God. And so he looks back approximately 3,200 years ago where it is stated that the seed of the woman will crush your head. 
And he's talking to Satan. So Isaiah looks back and says, this faithful God will crush Satan's head. Then he looks forward in hope, waiting eagerly and says, a child is born. A son is given. He is looking ahead and speaking prophetically of a time to come. And what that waiting, I am waiting, that was hope for him. It is the waiting that is hope. He has seen God faithful in the past and he knows God will be faithful in the future. This is the game changer. Did it happen in his time? No. The prophecy wasn't fulfilled until 700 years later. But did it stop Isaiah from hoping? The prophecy was fulfilled. Luke chapter 2 verse 11. Today, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. So remember that the Old Testament definition puts hope on waiting to the coming of a person. The word I just explained, Yahal, right? Remember? Yahal, Kavah. Now, the New Testament definition slightly changes the word to LPs. Okay? And LPs means the object of hope. Elpis <laughs> means the thing hoped for. Elpis means the author or source of hope. That is why we can confidently say in Romans 5, hope shall not, not may not, shall not disappoint. The Old Testament points to a person yet to come and the New Testament points to a person who has already come. The New Testament comes to clarify that the hope you've been waiting for is a, is a person and he does not ever disappoint. Of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. With justice and peace from this time and forevermore. Jesus Christ is our LPs. Jesus Christ is the source of hope. Biblical hope is a confident, confident willingness to wait for Christ, our King, to fulfill God's will over our lives according to the promise of Scripture. It is the confident willingness to wait for Christ, our King, to fulfill God's will, to fulfill his will over our lives according to the promise of Scripture. So, for you who are looking into your future and all you see is fear, all you see is worry, anxiety, confusion, indifference, loss, despair, tears, regret, and pain. There, today, there is a reason to joyfully anticipate what is coming ahead. There is a reason 
to joyfully anticipate, regardless of how dark it may look right now. There is a reason to joyfully anticipate what is coming ahead. Jesus is that reason. And let me tell you why. Because <laughs> you know something? Many times, hope is determined by a timeline, right? You asked her three years ago. She said no. You've been waiting for three years. Or she said wait and you've been waiting for three years. Nothing has happened. Well, thought is, there's no need for more hope. Hope is sometimes, many times, is determined by a timeline. But our hope, our LPs, came after 3,900 years of a promise made at the Garden of Eden. And the excitement and the expectation never waned for one moment. The same excitement Isaiah had is the same excitement that Mary had, is the same excitement that the shepherds had, is the same excitement that I have right now. He is the reason. Many times, hope is based on the outcome of our circumstances. It is hopeful when things go right. Right? Our hope was expected to reign. Our hope, our LPs, was expected to reign forever when he came. The plan that was he would take over. What happened when he came? He died. The circumstances were exactly the opposite of what Israel had hoped for. Oh, church. Our hope is not based on circumstance. Because of his death and his resurrection, now, not just Israel, but the rest of us have a promise of eternal salvation. He just didn't come to save a group of people. He came to save the entire world. So if we had hoped on a circumstance, if we had hoped for things to work out the way they were supposed to work out, we'd have lost the truth of what God was doing. Many times, hope is too fragile to be put on one person. <laughs> you have heard the phrase, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Hope is too fragile to, to limit it to one thing. You always have to have your side jobs. Kanezaumana. Right? Revelations 5 has the best story, my favorite story talks about an event yet to come. And it is set by John and as he's seeing his vision and in his vision, it's time for the judgment for the enemy to start. And so there is a scroll that needs to be broken. And if that scroll is broken, then judgment can come on the enemy. But they look in heaven, they look on earth, they look under the earth and they look, found no one person. Revelations 5. Y'all should read that story. So they've looked in heaven. They've looked on earth. and They've looked under the earth. They've not found a person. So John in despair starts crying out. And then an angel comes to him. <laughs> and an angel tells him, John, do not cry. For there is one. There is one. There is one. When hope is pegged on one, on that one person, that one person is sufficient. He is wonderful counselor. 
He is mighty God. He is everlasting Father. He is Prince of Peace. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Root of David. He is sufficient. The Bible says in Revelation 5, He is worthy. Can we put our hope in him? Doesn't that sound like a God I can hope on? Man. So as we head to this Christmas season, let me ask you, what are we to do with this sure discovery? Number one, worship the king. When the wise men came to see the king, they worshipped When the shepherds were told of the good news of the king, they glorified and worshipped. Once we've understood this hope, once we've understood who this is, man, the natural response should be worship. My circumstances may not have changed, but that does not stop me from looking at my king. So today, let's worship because he is our source of hope. Yo, can I give you a plug? Let me give you a plug. If you haven't listened to this yet, because as I was prepping for this message, this song, man, I, guys, I need to give you guys a plug. Go to YouTube, find Kwetu Mtoto Amezaliwa. Yo, I am... I am prepping, I'm reading, mighty God, wonderful counselor. All of a sudden, that song hit, oh, slapped different. Man, it was on fire for me. Because it made sense. Because it drove me back to this is... The one and only mighty God, wonderful counselor, everlasting father. He is my hope and he drew me back to worship. Worship, among many things, is described as stunning our focus, our affection, and our attention to the one who deserves it. Y'all, if you're driving, let's say you're driving, your eyes are always aware of what is in front, Right? And what is it besides and what is behind you. However, you always have to have a focal point, which is the front, right? Based on what's going on, you'll maneuver the cart either to the left or to the right, or you'll go faster or you go slower based on what's going on ahead of you, right? You may notice every other thing, but your focus is still forward, right? Everything around you gets its definition from what you are focusing on. That's what worship does. It brings Christ into the center of our life. And now everything in our life gets its definition from him. Now, that is hope. And secondly, and finally, let's build a memorial. There's a story in Joshua chapter 22, verse 26 and 27 that says, This is why we said, let us take action and build an altar for ourselves, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. Rather, let it be a witness between us and you and the generations to come. 
that we will worship the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings, with our sacrifices and peace offerings. Then in the future, your descendants cannot say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. The story is about the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They didn't want their descendants to forget or be left out of the promises of God. They therefore built a replica of the altar, not to offer a sacrifice, but to be a sign that they are still part of the tribe of Israel. God had rescued them from all their enemies, and they put a memorial to always remind their children of this great God. Scripture says that as Mary had what the shepherds spoke of her child, she treasured and pondered what they had seen. And after they had seen the child, that's Luke chapter 2, verse 17 and 19, to 19, it says, and after they had seen the child, they spread the message they had received about him. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary built a memorial. She waited and she meditated. She thought, she remembered, she took time to really understand what God had done. I finish with this. God gave me such a confirmation today that before the end of this year or before the end of your season, whatever season it is, that God will do such remarkable things that we need to put up memorials to show or to reflect on his faithfulness in later days. What he does now what he's going to do, man, guys, and I'm speaking prophetically, as the Lord would have me do, what God will do for your life now will be such a marker that 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, 3 months, whatever time it is, you will remember what he has done for you and you will put your hope continually in him. Do you believe that Christ is your only hope? And because he's your only hope, you can expectantly wait. You can excitedly desire for a great future. He truly is sufficient. He truly is sufficient. And as we head into this season of Christmas, let's believe together Amen? Can we believe together that he has come to be our hope according to Isaiah 9 chapter 7 from this time forth and forevermore. Amen? I'd like you to take these moments after that's someone and I want you to really take a minute and in your own way come back to worship. And lift up a voice. Lift up your heart. Glorify the King. Who is He? Can we just take a moment and thank Him for being our hope. All hope is never lost. Hope is never lost if our hope is in Christ. He will not disappoint.
Lord, as I lead your saints in prayer, I want to ask you, Jesus, according to what you've placed in my heart, that Lord, you're going to do something remarkable. I pray that you would star hope once again, that you, my God, would show us once again that you are the hope we can rely on. You are the hope that will never disappoint. And Lord, I know that there are many circumstances that are seeking to distract us, that are seeking to kill our hope. And how I pray that this season, hope will be reignited. You're going to do something remarkable. For today, a son is given. You have come. You are our hope. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. And we say, to you shall be all the glory and the praise. We will remember what you've done and we'll continue to put our hope in you. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen and amen. We can give him praise and give him honor. Church, it's going to be a great season of Christmas. Church, it's going to be a hopeful Christmas. Have a wonderful week. Can't wait to see you guys next weekend. Bless you. Have a great week ahead. Amen and amen.